good Monday, good Monday morning here, good Monday afternoon if you're at the Mortgage Innovators Conference. This is a special edition of Connect, the California MBA's weekly podcast featuring one-on-one interviews with uh, movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. Today we've got a special uh, special version, a special edition of uh, Connect. We're actually going to be here with two of the uh, two of who I think are you know great innovators and thinkers in the uh, the tech and marketing space in our industry. We've got Joe Deline with First Close and John Soroka with Soroka Brand Development. They are uh, they actually serve as the co-chairs of the California MBA's Mortgage Technology and Marketing Committee. And so uh, I've really relied on these guys to uh, help me kind of navigate the waters as we figure out you know what webinars to do and. So if you've enjoyed a webinar from the MTAM committee over the last year or so, these are the two guys you want to thank for uh, uh, giving us great ideas and sort of uh, shepherding that group. Uh, awesome. So before we get into the conversation with uh, Joe and John here, I want to thank our sponsors over at Incelerate. Incelerate is the leading mortgage lead management CRM and engagement platform that helps lenders close more loans by increasing efficiency gains across sales, marketing, operations, and management. And they've just announced today, actually, the uh, first of its kind mobile app. Uh, this groundbreaking mobile app features full lead management, lead distribution, click to call, inbound call routing, first call automation, and two-way compliant text messaging and provides access to critical loan information without having to use a laptop or log into their LOS system. It also empowers loan officers by intelligently distributing leads, managing pipelines, prioritizing their day, automating best practices, and personalizing the borrower's journey all from their mobile app. So for more information or to catch a demo, you can visit Incelerate.com. You can actually visit their booth if you're at the Mortgage Innovators Conference and connect right away there with uh, Josh Friend or one of his uh, team members, or you can call the number listed in the description below. So let's get right into the conversation here. Uh, We've got uh, John Soroka, he's principal at uh, Soroka Brand Development, and Joe Deline. Joe is a Senior Vice President of uh, Strategy and Sales at First Close. Welcome guys. Thank Thanks you very much. Having... All Great right. To well, be hey, with uh, Joe, let's uh, start right. here. It's uh, top of the news uh, this week. It was actually uh, last week that uh, the news broke, and uh, it's still, you know, top of mind, I'm sure, for every lender in the country right now. And that's the FHFA's uh, um, proposed, or they're implementing uh, the uh, uh, 50 basis point increase on uh, refis. And uh, it's sort of, uh, uh, in some ways, caught the industry by surprise. And I think there's a lot of uh, angst and anxiety out there. What's your What's your take on uh, on that? Um, I think the biggest thing that's happened in the originator side is that they were a little bit unprepared. Locks are very much extended right now. They're, uh, they're going to have quite a few upset customers. or They're not, they're not going to guarantee these extended locks. The pipeline's very full. Um, files are not moving as fast. Uh, we're seeing a very high number of, of you know, PIWs and ACEs from Freddie Mac, which are you know, appraisal waivers, but that's not moving the process any faster. Um, the process is kind of stagnated there in the middle a little bit before it can actually get funded. Locks are always kind of coming up to expiring. Uh, most investors today are making sure they take an extended lock anyways. And and now if you can't close with this lock situation with this extra 50 bips, it could cost you. And and some will try to put it back to the consumer. Some lenders will just eat it. They'll just have to eat it. And that's just what it, that's just what it will be. Um, they'll, they won't make as much money or mo- most profit on those type of loans. But here's the, here's the thing. I mean, uh, uh, Tammy uh, Butler uh, from Mortgage uh, Hive said it best. She's been in this business for 25, 30 years like me. And these are things that you know that are unavoidable. You had, we have no control on our side of this industry. 
Some of my friends think it's a huge giant, you know, cop out and a rob of the uh, of this piece. And considering how much money they made at the, both the GSEs last year. Um, but hey, this is a chance for private label securitization to come back in and dominate a little bit in the marketplace. So there are some positives for a lot of a lot of people. And there's some that are just, you know, taking the shorts. I think consumer education now is going to be very important. They probably heard something like this. And this may be an originator's chance to say, oh, well, you know, the FHA stepped in. We got to relock you. And so they'll try to relock their whole pipeline. Thankfully for the consumer's case is that this has been really great, I think, because it's really kind of, you know, they're, oh, they're back to what the rates were in July, if you think about it. It's really only up an eighth in rate, really not going to affect too much of the payments. Now, if you're, you know, in the private securitization market with a large jumbo, you don't really care anyways. So... But it is kind of interesting how to raise some cash, right? Just pop on 50 basis points. I mean, what mortgage banker wouldn't like to do that nowadays? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. John, well, what's your what's your take on it? Yeah, well, you know what? They're calling it an adverse market refinance fee. And I think that right now homeowners need to be helped, not nailed. My opinion is that this fee could have been implemented at a later date, assuming it was really necessary. I mean, I think that there are a lot of struggling homeowners out there that are significantly helped by the ability to refinance and even take some cash out and pay off some high interest debt in other and that they're carrying in other areas. And um, uh, also, you know, provide some extra cash at a rate so incredibly low to help them navigate this environment we're in and, and you know, whatever situation that they're finding themselves in. So these homeowners are not refinancing because uh, they're planning to walk away from their homes. Uh, you know, they're, they're refinancing to help themselves keep their homes and keep their equity. And from where I sit, that reduces risk. So, uh, you know, and if in fact that it was found that there was an adverse effect that needed to be dealt with, this is just really bad timing. Um, I mean, couldn't it be implemented later? Does it have to be 50 basis points? Um, so, you know, the cost is going to be borne by the borrowers. Yeah. It's, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, with all the pressure coming from, from industry groups and even consumer groups are all over this. If, uh, if this actually stands or if this gets adjusted in some way, way, shape or form. Uh, so let's go right. beyond the headlines here. Um, uh, Joe, why don't you talk about the, uh, what's the hottest, we're at the mortgage innovators conference right now. What's in your mind, the hottest tech trend that uh, you're seeing out there? Well, I'd love to see this Accelerate app. That'd be cool. Um, I haven't seen that yet, and I I didn't know that was coming. Um, so that would be very cool to see. I think the biggest thing is still a struggle for the originator, uh, especially if they're more or less, you know, Encompass customers. They're, they're having a challenge trying to get this LE done. I think the CFPB is already ingrained into consumers, the ability to have, you know, um, the ability to to shop alone, that they need this, this you know, LE. And so consumers want it. Um, and originators are having a tough time fulfilling it and get it done for them right away. Typically, some cases I've seen two to three days for a consumer to get an LE. So anything that can speed up that piece, which is really interesting, I see that there is something that is available in the new LO Connect for the Encompass piece, which was uh, fee-wise from Mortgage CTO, uh, the guy who actually was one of the founders of OB way back in the day and, and, and Lone Sifter, he has a thing called FeeWise and it can actually do your whole fees for you inside of LO Connect. Nobody's really done that yet. Um, so so that's pretty interesting. Um, and I, I think that because of where LO Connect and Consumer Connect is, 
it's really it's really going to give, I think, the POSs a, a little bit more of time to shine a little bit because they've already connected via the API, so they're a little bit further ahead of it. Um, so, so I think the POSs have a little bit of chance to run here for at least another year <laughs> before it's going to get really tough, I think. Um, but that's all I've really seen. I, I, you know, I haven't seen a lot of just pure innovation coming out of it. I mean, there's a lot of innovation on the back end that we're not participating in anymore because, you know, we're so damn busy with all of our volumes. I mean, this is the ideal time to go day one certainty and and e notes if you can if you can do it. But most are just too busy to even focus on those type of things right now. Interesting, interesting. John, what what are you hearing from uh, your uh, clients and just you know folks you uh, chat with in the industry? Right. Yeah, I think that really the hottest mortgage tech trend right now. Look, it's it's really simple. Um, I think it's simply the trend towards streamlining the entire mortgage manufacturing process. And there are a lot of companies with great technology presenting right here at this conference that all play a role in that. So to isolate uh, something, I don't know if it, if that makes uh, so much sense in my mind anyway, is to just look at the whole movement. Yep. Um, and you know, it starts way at the front end, uh, helping consumers actually prepare for home ownership um and prepare by you know managing their their balance sheets a la finlocker so shout out to finlocker um mm -hmm. and according to this uh, study that i read not long ago by mckinsey creating the experience all the way through the process is just as if not more important than the interest rate itself Very um, true. Well, you know, obviously that's different when you're in a refinance when you're dealing with a refinance but you understand my point yes yeah. Yeah, the consumer experience is definitely driving a lot of the innovation that we've seen and right. um and you know some of the guests we've had on this year too with what they've been doing up front to capture those leads and and how they've really developed some great creative i mean some of those we had on our webinars this year were just amazing i mean really smart people doing some very smart things and so that's exciting on that part but i couldn't agree more with john i mean day one certainly has been out long enough folks let's get on it i mean uh, most of uh, most of these standard e, uh, refinances that I've seen are really educated borrowers who basically require a W-2 and a paycheck stub and, and an appraisal waiver. There's not that much more to do, folks. You know, get the title, get the binder, let's close this thing, right? <laughs> uh, why are we put into this whole process? We like think it's some, you know, 25-year-old self-employed guy or something. Yeah. I echo what Joe is saying, and Joe, I love your energy, as always. <laughs> So, so Joe, uh, take us. I mean, maybe this, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, kind of fits in with what we were just talking about. Do you think it's a matter of, you know, industry getting more tech or new tech, or is it just a matter of we need to do a better job utilizing the tech that's out there? Well, I think that's true. I think you know, if you look at the most, some of the a lot of the people that just happened in Encompass, right? They closed off the web center, and now they had to get back to LO Connect or Consumer Connect. They're forced them that way now, and there's probably a lot of people scrambling, and probably some consultants picking up some good money to try to help those people out. Um, but it's not that difficult. I mean, you could get into that LO Connect and really build your own app very quickly. Um, but but it's still it still is kind of cumbersome to really have the consumer drive everything through all the way through to a uh, full-on AUS approval. That's the uh, that's the ultimate goal for the consumer to come in and kind of drive the process enough where they can control it and they could go as far as they want. They could see the rates and closing costs. They can go into and get an uh, AUS approval. They can streamline their process by collecting their assets and maybe hopefully they're part of the work number so it's really quick and easy, right? Um, 
maybe they do need to do some data aggregation piece, but if the consumer could control it, they should probably get the benefit of it, right? Um, and maybe get a little bit of a credit back uh, for, for doing that work up front. But that's it. Once it's over with that, I mean, that's really all it needs to be needs to be done. And so I right. think you're right. The consistent consumer experience in a branded portal will be a thing of the future. A disposable transactional portal that is done during the transaction, but after it's done, it's gone. Right? Yeah. yeah. John, what's your take? Do we need uh, more more tech or just you know better utilization of, exi of existing tech? Right. Right. Well, my answer to that question is maybe um i think that question really varies by lender so it's a tough question because the beauty of what you have is in the eye of the beholder and you don't know what you don't know and i think that's really the reason for a conference like this uh being here really allows lenders to evaluate their stack um, that they're currently working with against the great tech demos that they're seeing here so that they can make their own decisions as to um, what they need to meet their end goals and, and what's going to smooth out and accelerate the process. And of course, above all, continue to drive down costs. Yeah. Right. Yep. So John, uh, let's switch gears a little bit here. I'm curious, what's your take just, I mean, from talking to your clients again and, and folks you know in the industry, how have you seen the pandemic sort of change uh, strategy, both marketing and tech for lenders out there? Wow, um, great question. Uh, the pandemic has clearly changed how society interacts on all fronts. I mean, look, you know, and lenders weren't left out of that. Lenders have found themselves, um, how do I say this? Lenders have found themselves filling various communication gaps to help consumers understand how to work with them to complete the mortgage process. Uh, explaining what forbearance is really all about and how it does or doesn't affect your credit, uh, dispelling a lot of myths that were out there. So right. we were all, you know, suddenly swung into this set of circumstances that nobody was really prepared for. But mm -hmm. we all figured out how to adapt very quickly. And, you know, I think back uh, to something that Kevin Perino said. I, I see his videos all the time online. He, he records these fantastic uh, monologues in, in the middle of the night. That's really great. great information, right? You guys know. And, oh yeah, we have, we, he was one of our last guests. I mean, he was amazing. Yeah. yeah, I know, he's fantastic, right? So anyway, he was right when a while back, he said that the pandemic was really an accelerant. It kickstarted innovation that was going to happen anyway over the next several years. But you know, back to marketing specifically, uh, some lenders, some lenders have decided to actually pull back on their marketing efforts. And I think that it's not a function because, you know, um, I, I think it's really a function of just like time and being able to manage their marketing efforts or, you know, capacity. They're so incredibly busy. Uh, they don't want to market. They aren't looking for new business. A lot of the smaller ones, they can't, you know, they can't Very absorb cool. whatever the situation might be. But others, um, are working really hard. I've been speaking to a lot of lenders that are working really hard to prepare for the future where they expect rates will go up and they've already started in that direction last week. So the last thing that you want to do is have less of a presence in the marketplace because that's going to hurt your ability to recruit and maintain relationships with, with referral partners because um, if you think about it, part of marketing for a mortgage company Part of staying out there is recruiting great people uh, mm -hmm. to work with. 
So you need to be visible. You need to be visible. You can't just disappear. And the fact is, is that as a result of the pandemic, there's a whole new level of significance that's been put on leveraging digital marketing and social media, really taking your tactics and strategies to the next level. Yeah. You understand this, Joe. It's about creating as close to to a one-on-one -on -one experience as possible, meaning something really personalized. So yeah. How, yeah. How, I think just to add just to add on to what, yeah. what he was what he was saying is that John's point is so accurate because a lot of times some of these others have realized that the connection between the marketing spend to really the analytics and the KPIs that you're trying to achieve on your on your production side are so tight now that the, the, the way that you have to measure your marketing, if you're not doing that good piece, you're not gonna you're not gonna really be very successful with the marketing piece. So don't go overspend until you know your process is kind of baked to the back end so you can handle it, right? So you don't wanna have a failed customer experience and somebody who didn't call back or the lead got lost and nobody followed up. What's that telling your client, right? So having those integrations are really tight. So guys like John, I know are super busy putting those things together. Absolutely. Yeah, and Joe, that is that is so true. Everything you're saying is so true. And th that's some of the feedback that we get, um, you know. So uh, some of the things that you should be doing right now, if you aren't already, by the way, I just want to give you all some tips. Um, it, this may seem basic, but look, you know what? We're in a new environment right now. Update your website and look at it through the lens of the world that we now live in uh, with new and fresh content that helps people understand how to navigate the mortgage process during the pandemic and and answers a lot of their questions because consumers have a lot of questions and we've been you know doing a lot of things to help answer those questions through video and developing other content and whatnot that lenders can uh, then go ahead and push out there um, one thing that's really cool to note is that whenever you update your website with fresh content like new products videos blog posts you know it attracts um, Google to crawl it and it's a, one of the most, and a lot of people don't know this, but it's really one of the most immediate ways to boost your ranking. Google loves site updates. Um, yeah. At plenty of videos, blog posts on many topics of importance and, and uh, talk about, you know, I mean, not just helpful information about the industry, that's definite, uh, also what you offer and, and your culture and, and your people too. Yeah, John, so that's, that's a great point. That's a great point because this is the time for the originator to shine. You are a professional, you are licensed, you've been doing this business, you know this business cold. Giving financial education has never been so important in today's environment. And John, right. I mean, when you're updating your website, what are some important tips you should know about mobile too as well You're on your website? Do you have any tips on that? Yeah, that, see, that's the thing. It's like updating your website, making sure that your mobile experience is there. My gosh, if you don't, uh, if your mobile experience isn't right you're way behind at this point you're way behind it's going to be very discouraging to a lot of people you know the thing is is that people have certain expectations these days in terms of how they're uh of how websites should operate on their mobile devices as well as their laptop and most people are on mobile devices now so you better have that squared away i mean if you you know go to a website as a consumer or even you know from our perspective just going to any any other you know business or any other industry you go to shop for shoes or something and the website takes you know you know 30 seconds to load up and you yeah. know it doesn't fit right on your tablet or your mobile you're gone you're not going to stay there so from the consumer's perspective 
I mean, you've got to be, you know, have your website up to date. You've got to have fresh content in there. I always think that, you know, you go to a, a lender's website or, you know, any industry really, and you go to their, if they have a blog there, you know, it's almost like you've taken the, uh, um, you've taken a step forward to have a blog. But if you go to that blog and the most recent post is from 2018. Yeah. Yeah, it tells you a lot. Pay for some content. <laughs> yeah. I launched I, I uh, launched this five tip series uh, not too long ago, just this last week, and I uh, uh, started putting tips out there to help mortgage lenders recruit LOs. That was, I think, tip number two that I shared about making sure you have the right mobile experience on your website that it's up to date, that you aren't working with an old template uh, that hasn't been updated in a while, that you have the right uh, messaging on there, all of that. Um, I actually, I actually called it a grenade. If you don't have a good website experience, that's a grenade. People don't want to deal with that. Not in 2020. Yeah. So yeah, that's, totally that's so that's one thing. Another thing that I, it's really important I want to bring up is um, adjusting your content. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, I don't. Uh, it makes me cringe to say content is king. I mean, duh. But now it's not just about content it's also about context and that's my point with with your content it's about context now so right now while we're you know still de dealing with this pandemic many companies are adjusting their messaging providing helpful information and leading by example while still providing their you know audiences with what they need to succeed and as things normalize further adjustments will be made to messaging that will be reflective of the new reality we'll be living in, um, including the mortgage application through the closing process. Um, so opportunities to create good, timely content, compelling content are everywhere right now. Um, right. The more you know, content you produce that's helpful and answers questions, uh you know the more people are going to favor you um i yeah. want to bring up something about about um this increasing emphasis uh you know going back to context emphasis on nuance and content which means you know the context uh and targeting are going to be super important as we move forward because there was this algorithm update in google called bert b-e-r-t uh it was in late 2019 and um, you know, Google is basically developing a deeper, more sophisticated understanding of content based upon how people interact with it. So marketers have to think carefully about their, um, you know, how that content that they're developing uh, uh, meets needs and is tailored uh, appropriately. And also, voice search plays a big role in that. Also, oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. So you have to you have to position your content to answer questions in a way that normal people speak. Yeah, that's right, uh, it's true, it's very true. We have a we have a company up here in Seattle called Moz, M-O-Z, and yep. there's like, you know, the SEO pros and, and it's just great stuff coming. It's almost too much for me uh, looking at it myself. But, you know, as we, as we think about the future, since you brought up that point, um, I think one of the other points I just wanna lay on top of what you said, it's not too late, you can change it now. I mean, yep. think about, we're just, I think the next thing we wanted to talk about was, was really, you know, what do we see the future look like for the consumer? Like, uh, what was the question we had about, we were thinking about uh, stimulating, it was number seven, Dustin. Yeah, well, well, we'll get to that in a second. Actually, you know, Joe, I, I wanna switch gears if I can for one second though, and we'll get to that here in a second. Um, I'm curious to know, this is, I think, a, an interesting question in this context with the Innovators Conference. We've got a bunch of lenders here and a bunch of vendors here, and you guys are both sort of on, on the vendor partner side. 
I'm curious to know from your perspective, well, let's start with you, Joe. What does it take to be, you know, I always hear, you know, and I've heard this here in the last you know, five years, more, more vendors calling themselves partners and not just vendors. It's yeah. almost become a, a, a slur to say vendor. You know, so how do you become a partner and not just a vendor? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it is a challenge every day for the vendor to kind of get to that point. But I think us as vendors, we approach this with working with lenders. And I've been a lender for 25 years, so it's easy for me to talk about this topic. But what we really try to do as vendors is really try to help embed ourselves into their process so we can fully understand what all of their needs are. Because in many cases, our solution may not be right for some little part of what they're doing. But we may have a great suggestion how they can leverage a part that comes in from a different partner or a different vendor. And so understand the whole scope of what they go through. It's almost like if they could share that with you and you could actually get inside their process and say, oh, this is when you kick off our product here, here, and here. And this is how it saves you all this time. Now, the reason you want to do this up front, let the consumer do it, is that so you, your loan officer processor doesn't need to do it on the back end. Right. And so once you can have that kind of conversation as if it's like a consultative relationship. Right. And you're not trying to sell them something, you know, um, that's really what it's about. I, 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 I don't sell as a vendor. I don't sell. Yeah, I want to I want to echo what uh, Joe just said. Joe, you said it so perfectly because yeah, that's what actually what we like to do with our clients all the time is like we we play very much of a consultative role. And we help them uh, with their with their marketing tech stacks, and we can make recommendations in a lot of different areas in terms of what technology that they should be integrating and bringing into their organizations. Uh, and uh, that's I I always love to do that. I mean, pure and simple. Um, I think that from a vendor perspective, you need to be able to empathize with uh, with your clients. Uh, just last week, I was listening to someone at a great company in the industry vent about a vendor that was uh, providing them with a service. Um, and I know I'm going to keep this really bland here uh, for obvious reasons, but basically they were providing them with a service. The CEO of that company said, uh, sat that vendor down and discovered from a fairly short conversation how disconnected um, the head of this company was from the relationship and just by asking a few questions and you know the thing is is that um it doesn't make sense it's yeah. it's not it's it's not genuine because you know the thing is is that if you really love this industry and love what you're doing then you have to love the people that you work with and care about their their outcomes from using you um and that means understand having a good understanding of your client being connected with your client uh, being prepared and knowing what you're talking about. And, and, and as a vendor, we don't want to sell you something that you really can't use or it's not integrated properly, or I'm not connected to that LOS and I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to be connected to it. Sorry, you know, but you should go, you should call these guys or you should call that person or right. you should do it like this, or, you know, maybe you should change LOSs. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, I, I can't, I can't have a good relationship with somebody that I'm just trying to sell. I mean, they either they're going to get a benefit from it, which is going to benefit me, or otherwise it's not a good relationship or it's not a it's not a it's not an authentic relationship. And that's what we're trying to do with our customers today. That's what our lenders are doing today. They're trying to have an authentic relationship with their clients. And that's the same thing that we're trying to do. Unfortunately, maybe there's a lot of people just trying to push a product that fills a certain need, but it's not that well automated in our business yet and it's ever evolving. It's changing all the time. 
And we're now really focusing on helping our clients really expunge that cost and eliminate those touch points. And I think we're all trying to do the same thing. John does it on the marketing side. I do it on the fulfillment side, right? And so, so yeah. I think that's good. For, I think that's good perspective from both of you there. So let's, uh, this will be kind of fun here, I think. But let's, you know, look into the future. Let's go crystal ball and, uh, you know, not go, you know, six months into the future or 12 months. Let's go like five years into the future. What does the hardware experience look like at that point? Joe, what do you think? Well, I, you know, it's probably a lot closer to where Brent Chandler thinks his thing is with Form Free. You know, I mean, he believes that it's the score that you'll carry with you and you can instantly get an approval whenever you need it or or redefine that whenever you whenever you'd like to have it. Um, so I think that the experience of the future is clearly towards a consumer building their own loan package and putting it out for bid to lenders. That's probably what's going to happen. Nice. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, answer, Joe. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Okay. We'll hold you to that, of course. You know it's my own I'll blockchain. Leave. I'll let you into my block. I got everything in my block, or whatever the case may be, if that's going to be the case. Everything's in my block. You can't have it. You can make me offers because I may give you some information, but you're making offers to me because you've already seen my package and you know that I qualify. And when I hit the button, that's when I release my personal information to you. So then it's basically just a transaction. And me as the consumer, I control it myself. John, what do you think? You know what? Uh, I think that I have to echo what Joe said. I thought I thought that he hit that one out of the park. You know, I, all I'd have to say is faster, smoother. What? I mean, how can I see five years out? But what Joe's saying makes makes perfect sense. And I guess that's kind of aligned with what I'm saying. So. It's five years out. You just got to make something up. And we're not going to be here in five years. Exactly. We're gonna be cars I think that's and, good. Hey, it's going to be recorded so we can come back five years from now and see what you Well, you know, I, I'm kind of surprised that neither of you said, you know, we're going to be in our flying cars with our Google Glass on, you know, doing loans that way. Um, uh, so last, last question here. Last question here, and then uh, we'll let uh, folks get back to the conference here. Right. So, right. you know, let's leave let's leave uh, the group here with you know one actionable thing that uh, from the lender side that they can do right now to serve their customers better. Just one thing, either on the front end or the back end, somewhere in between, somewhere in there. Um, so, Joe, let's uh, let's start with you. I think you've got the customer take control. They're the ones the most important part of the conversation, and the, and they're the ones that are most voted motivated. So you need to have an intake uh, way for them to come in and help control this whole process and allow them basically to service themselves. They shouldn't have to wait for a phone call or an email. They're, when they're ready to act, they, they, can, they can react and act inside of your own portal. If you can make it that easy for the consumer to control more of the transaction and things that they do and make it more transparent for them, you will go a long way in your production uh, on the back end. That's good. Right? Totally agree. Yeah, totally agree. And uh, like I said before, just the one actionable thing, just continue to work on the customer experience. And that's what everybody, that's what we're all here for. We're all here for that. You know, and like I mentioned earlier, um, I read in a survey about, uh, you know, about what's most important. And it's, it comes down to the experience, you know, more yeah. important than rate. So uh, that's, that's uh, my take on that. Yeah, I think Dustin, I think for two on top of that was, is that in a lot of the, uh, you know, sessions we had this year and putting together all the webinars, you know, this action and customer experience at the top of the funnel, John, was also very important. Don't miss that. We understand when the customer's ready to transact, you got to have them transact. But a lot of times we're still surfing that top of funnel experience too as well. 
So like right. we talked about alluded to today in a couple of great John's points is that don't forget about that part of the experience, right? Because you may interact with somebody way upstream long before they're ready to transact, right? Especially in uh -huh. maybe somebody's hurting and or shoot, maybe they're self-employed. It's gonna take forever to get back on track. Yeah. I think that's all great stuff. Well, hey guys, I really appreciate your time. If uh, again, I, I'll mention that uh, John and Joe uh, co-chair our Mortgage Technology Marketing Committee. We do monthly webinars, typically on the third Thursday of the month at 11 a.m. Pacific. So make sure and check our website, cmba.com, for the next webinar, and uh, make sure you sign up for that. They're always free to anybody in the industry. You can always go on our YouTube channel as well and see the past uh, webinars and uh, check out what we've been talking about this year and uh, even even previously. And so if you enjoyed this conversation, you can always, again, go to our YouTube channel. You can subscribe to our weekly podcast there. We're also on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and uh, you can catch the conversation each Monday morning. And with that, I'll leave it uh, back to uh, the conference. Enjoy the rest of the Mortgage Innovators Conference. John and Joe, thanks again for joining us.